Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 81. It's the new year, and it's a great time to take a step back and look at your business. Now, one of the biggest hurdles to any business is being organized, both in your production and in the back office, so to speak. So today we're going to talk about some of the things that we're doing personally to tune up our businesses in 2019 and beyond and things to consider for your own business. And in 2019, we are super excited to announce that we will be bringing on sponsors to not only support the show, but support you guys. Our first sponsor for this year, we're both super pumped to bring on board, is Woodcraft. Woodcraft is one of the nation's oldest and largest suppliers of woodworking goods and supplies with stores in more than 70 cities across the United States. And they also have an amazing website. Woodcraft is both of our go-to for woodworking tools and supplies, and we'll be working together with them all year long to bring all of our listeners as much added value as we possibly can. So starting off right now, you can use the code MFP to get free shipping if you're in the lower 48 states on all of your orders. And we're super grateful for the support from Woodcraft and encourage all of you to take advantage of that free shipping code. Thank you, Woodcraft, for supporting this week's episode. Absolutely. I love that the Woodcraft is like literally like three miles from my house. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Before we get into it, though, we also want to thank uh, some of our longtime sponsors, if you will, and contributors, which are our patrons. So we did have some new patrons that joined the MFP patron tribe this week. We had Todd Carpel, Zach Normant, and Chris Crawford from Mortgage and Miter. Thank you guys so much. If you want to support the show and get some awesome rewards, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. And we do an after show at the end of each episode and answer their questions about woodworking, business, and everything in between. All right, John, what is going on, man? Well, full steam ahead over here on 2019. Uh, If you guys follow my content, you've been seeing that the shop is literally up and running, which is a huge weight off my shoulders, um, being that it was basically crushing my life the entire month of December. (laughs) (laughs) But with that, you know, I'm building some doors for the first time. And I got to say, dude, uh, one seeming like looking at plans and stuff, doors seem to be something that are like super difficult, but... I found a way to build them that's like really easy and it's it's extremely fulfilling. I'm uh, super excited to be able to share this content with uh, with you guys once I'm finished with it. And it's uh, it's been something that's been on my docket for a long time, but I didn't want to start out building the front door to my house. <laughs> so I got some practice. I'm doing some double doors for the shop, which is which is awesome. And then we're actually going to be working on some shop carts later on this week. Um, that should be a nice, easy. I think I'm going to do a free plan possibly for uh for my audience and stuff but um got to get some carts in there with 2500 square feet carrying stuff around is no fun anymore oh yeah gotta be wheeling it gotta be yeah i got a bucket full of casters i gotta use up (laughs) i yeah i i wish i had enough space in my shop to be like man i need a cart i i just need more space so i can get a cart yeah i'm making uh, three (laughs) and and full see this is how much of an influence brad is on me guys 
I was building one cart and saw excess plywood, right? So I started seeing if I could do two on one sheet of half inch ply. And then I, it just had just enough to like creep into a third sheet, right? So yeah, instead yeah. of doing two, one, I'm going to do, do three, three because I can get three on two because full Because you sheets. can get the extra parts. I, they're, yeah. like, they're like 70 bucks for one pre-made and you can make three of them out of two sheets of uh, you know half inch, which is like 35 bucks a pop. And that's 70 bucks there you just go. there. Get some cheap save casters 50%. and uh, you should, yeah, save yourself some dough. I know. That, that's like the, the, the segue into the show. But yeah, for me, like I'm... I am, uh, as part of the show topic, organization, dude, I, I'm going full throttle. I've been talking about it, uh, that this year is definitely going to be the year of shop organization for me, at least getting to the point where I'm done. So I'll talk more about it in the show, but uh, starting in on that, at least for the the newest round, doing some base cabinets and really, uh, I just, man, I'm just so pumped to have everything uh, organized and fresh. And I've got these old cabinets that are falling apart and I'm just I'm just done with it. So Baltic birch to the rescue, because you guys know I love Baltic birch. Uh, but yes, that, that is going to definitely be part of the conversation as we talk through. So organization, you know, it seems like uh, at the beginning of any year uh, with resolutions and all those things. I, I'm not a big resolution guy. I don't think John is either. But uh, I think one thing that it is just a great time because there are some inflection points. And one of those obviously being taxes. And it, when you're not organized, when tax season comes around, that's when you figure it out uh, in the office. So we are going to start with in the office, you know, how to how to John and I stay organized in the office and what are some newer things that we've been doing. So uh, one of the things that we've been talking about for I don't know how long we've been on Airtable, John, like six months now, we've been using Airtable at least six months, mm-hmm. um, if not more. And, and we really love it. So uh, Airtable and Trello, we talked about those in our online tools. But um, whatever your system is, I think that's the base really for for any office organization is that whatever you do, whether you're a product person or a content person or, or whatever it is, a services person, that um, you need some way to keep track of everything digitally. So it's, you know, and it could be as simple as in your phone. And, and I know that, that works for some people. But uh, what has really worked for John and I is is Airtable, which we were in Trello. And it's basically just a database. It's a way for us to track our commitments. And uh, for me uh, personally, you know, for sponsored projects, things like that. Uh, but also you can, you know, it's a CRM, a customer relationship manager uh, or management system. And uh, it's just a great way that if you digitally have all your information in one place, it's very easy to reference and, uh, and, you know, and John will talk about it here in a minute, but also you can incorporate other things that feed into it, uh, like, like an inquiry form. So like, you know, how, how's that, how did that change your game, John? Cause I know that was huge, like for a product guy and, and getting all these online inquiries from different spaces. Yeah. So, uh, Airtable was a, was a massive game changer in that sense for me. I mean, I absolutely love the G suite. We've talked about using the G suite on the show a ton. I'm still a big fan of it and we use it a lot here at MFB, but for my physical goods business, it became uh, a lot of using, uh, I guess, their uh, apps on multiple platforms without integration. And one huge thing for me uh, as like a impatient person is when something isn't functioning correctly, I want to just snap it in half and move on to the next. <laughs> like I have no patience for when something's supposed to be working uh, properly and it's not, whether that's tools 
or, or software. So for me, I can attest to that. Yes, I, I can confirm <laughs> that. That is that is the truth. For me, what I found was uh, my inquiry form was on my website and it was driving to a Google form, which is uh, a great way of organizing your inquiry process. You can link it out to multiple places, um, <clears throat> have everything come into one place and on one form. But what I didn't like was after the fact. So essentially in Google Forms, it just dumps your inquiries into a spreadsheet, right? And in order to update that spreadsheet, you have to consistently be checking it. And if you don't want to get peppered with emails 24-7 and uh, create your own you know, types of formulas and stuff to, uh, I guess, out export the information on one spreadsheet to another um, and then check off what's been done and all that. It, it, it makes it just a mess, at least in my experience. So what I began doing was um, outsourcing that to an assistant when I had one and, and she would go through it and check off and do the whole whole shebang. Um, she actually used a physical sheet. So what I found was like this balance of that um, using the form online and then doing a physical sheet. And what Airtable really did was simplify all of that, right? So Airtable has some fantastic integration in which you can create a form based on a spreadsheet, which is really, really cool. So the spreadsheet comes first and therefore you can have all of your rows and items and stuff um, and then as it becomes populated, you can create checkboxes and then make views of that spreadsheet easily in Airtable to which if something's responded to, it goes away from the sheet, right? So you're not going back to see how many inquiries you responded to when you responded to them. You can input that data and watch it go uh, away to a different board or a different table uh, that's no longer there. And it just right. really cleaned things up. And it was completely integrated, right? So Airtable then was hosting the form. I wasn't exporting from Google Forms to Google Sheets, which was two different things, right? And then there was no app on my phone, which also drove me absolutely insane. So I was managing all of these aspects of my business. And because I was having to use multiple apps and not being able to do it mobile, I was constantly missing inquiries. I was constantly losing business. And when I switched over to Airtable and it became integrated, it was something that I was easily able to put on my schedule, which is going to be something we talk about here, um, that made my life so much better. And actually, I was making more money because I was more efficient in that process. So for all of you that ask me for an example of my inquiry form or you've gone and you mocked yours up based on mine on my website and all that, I definitely want you to consider using Airtable just because of that integration. When you're using it, then you can really see how you can break down and, and we're not experts by any means, but you can use Airtable to learn and then you can break down the parts of your inquiry form to really keep you organized. And if you want to take that next step to running your business like super efficiently and making more money and spending less time with the BS on the in the office, this is a move you need to be making and you need to be making it like last week, right? Uh, yeah. like this is the perfect time to get everything organized. And my first suggestion for you is going to be jumping on Airtable as soon as possible, carving out some time to learn how to use it, and then implementing it as fast as you possibly can into your digital workflow. Um, yeah, there's a ways. There's much more but to there's get so into. There's so many ways, but like right? Yeah, get because that we don't even scratch the form. surface of it, right? Like we don't even. I mean, like even. What we're doing is very basic. Oh, yeah. And uh, I like, mean, but how much it's, is it it's not hard. Exactly. And that, that's where I'm kind of going is that it's not like you, we're kind of dipping our toes here and like doing now the inquiry form that the inquiry form in general is, is probably, you know, a little bit more advanced, obviously, than just manually entering. So that is a nice little flow in. But the, the thing that I love is that it's uh, it's all database driven. So if 
know, and if you're not familiar with, uh, if you're familiar with Excel at all or Google Sheets, it'll come naturally to you. Um, but if you're not, then, you know, then maybe it's going to take a, a minute to get used to kind of the tabular form of rows and columns and understand how everything works. Uh, but they also have some great training. So we would definitely do that. I know we've been harping on Airtable. It's because we love it. I mean, we really love it. And it's really changed uh, how we've worked our businesses and helped us organize. And one thing that I think, uh, I don't know that we've really touched on a lot in the past, I want to hit on now is also like the billing. I know we've talked about it just a minute, but when you do that, if you have an inquiry form, like, and you have a, so I have a couple different tabs that are, you know, projects and then sponsors, um, and ideas, and I can kind of link all those back together. Uh, but you could also integrate ordering, like you could have materials. So you could say, here's the project. And then you could say what materials are needed. And then you could link that all into like a pick list, if you will. So that when you go to the lumber yard, you know, okay, I've got these three projects here, are the due dates, and then you can filter to see what's coming up that you haven't started on. Uh, there's just all these different check marks, like John said. So you can, you can make columns that are actually check boxes. So one could be um, quoting, or you can have a drop down. So it could be in the quoting stage. It could be in the material gathering stage. It could be in the joinery stage in the finishing state, like all these different stages. And you can filter to see all your projects. So you could say, okay, I have signed contracts for these four projects, but I do not have material. And you could filter down to that. And then if you know what materials you need for those projects, you use that to kind of populate your sheet. Uh, when you go to the lumber yard or when you're ordering products online for hardware or when you're going to your local woodcraft and picking stuff up, you can do all those things. And it's it's really great. And then the last thing I really love about it, too, is just the uh, the invoicing aspect. So knowing you can have those check marks in there about has it been invoiced? What is the due date? And then you can set up a formula that says if the due date is past today's date and I've not checked off that it's been paid uh, that's its own little list. It's a, its own filter, but it's all within a larger database. So it's, it's just really great. Lots and lots and lots of configurability. Um, it can be a bit overwhelming. So start slow and just get your stuff in there and, uh, and then build out from there. And I think it'd be a, a great way. And, and I'd love to see some of those conversations going on in the Facebook group too. And, you know, people sharing their, uh, experiences with it and even, you know, screenshots of, you know, non-essential stuff uh, in there that you'd be willing to share. I think that would be a really cool conversation to see go on in in the Facebook group as well. Yeah, and uh, I, I love the aspect of community and seeing what's working for other people. Airtable's really been working great for both of us, and I know both of us have as, at least 10% uh, become more efficient in our time and, you know, freed that time up for us to do other things and focus on other parts of the business. So top suggestions, definitely going to be um, getting into a system similar to something like Airtable digitally. Um, but with the digital always comes the physical, right? You can't carry an iPad around or your desktop in the into the shop with you. So you're gonna need a way to convert that into your workflow. And now this is a great time of year to establish a system in which your shop workflow is hard now. It's 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 something that you are going to be married to, something that you are going to buy into and use for the year. That being said, um, this is the most difficult aspect of managing a small business myself when I was producing more custom work. It was balancing all of the jobs that I had coming in and going out, where they were in stages, how much time was going into each part, and with that, I had no real firm process. Um, and the physical side to manage any of it, right? 
So what I realized and what I happened to fall into when going through my personal business coaching um, was that if I didn't have a way of relaying where things were in the process, it became much more difficult for me to relay that information to somebody else if I was to hire, for instance, um, you know, bringing on an assistant or bringing on shop help. So I had to create a way in order to track projects on a daily basis in order for all of us to stay on the same page. So this is a good time for you to sit down and map out your workflow, right? And, and get organized in that. You don't need to get hyper detailed, which a lot of us have a tendency to do, but on each specific project, you're gonna have tasks and parts that go into it. And it's not gonna matter what type of project it is, whether that's a cabinet, a table, a custom metal sign, or going on site and doing trim. Like there's going to be no, uh, there's gonna be a lot of aspects of that that are carryover that you're gonna wanna get onto a checklist. And that's gonna be the type of things Brad was talking about digitally, right? Like material orders, like inquiries, responses, um, drawings, uh, renderings of drawings and, and changes and stuff like that. And I essentially, what I did was when a job moved to the deposit phase and a client sent me money, <laughs> I then printed out a checklist, wrote their name physically at the top of it, and then started going down the checklist. That went to the top of a clipboard, right? And in that same clipboard, I had a work order form. And then in that work order form was the materials that went into the job. So if it's a walnut dining table, for instance, I had the walnut itself, the finish, the fasteners, and then I had the rendering and the shop drawings of the project. All of those were physically on a clipboard. And I used to hand these off to Buck when he was in the shop and he would be able to go and check off the parts that he was getting done. That put it on me as the manager and owner of the business to get the process streamlined in order to hand it off to somebody else. So this is a perfect time of year for you to sit down and take that digital um, kind of organization that we're working on with Airtable and Trello and such, and then move it into the physical form for you to hand it off in the shop. And what this does is it gives you the opportunity to balance multiple things happening in the shop and not just doing it in your head. Getting those written down is a yeah. massive, massive uh, aspect of managing a a productive shop work environment. You know, if you yeah. have those, and it doesn't have to be somebody else either. Right. I mean, no, like exactly. that'll help you personally. Like if you're, if you don't have shop help, that's yeah. still so a great way to do it. So even having like a pegboard with hooks on it. Right. And you've got a job in say uh, material breakdown, you've got a job in uh, glue up and assembly and a job in finish having those in three designated hooks. You can walk in in the morning or as I suggest doing in a meeting on a Monday uh, at the beginning of your week, and you'll know how long things go to get into the next parts of the timeline. And then you'll also see gaps in where you'll be able to fill those with incoming jobs. That way you're not scrambling for things to do if, uh, if you happen to be done with something faster, one, two, <clears throat> if something uh, say goes wrong and you have to pull more time from somewhere else, you're still aware of where things are in which that you can pull time from. If something's in finish, you know that, um, like, uh, you know, I just broke a tenon uh, in a table leg and it needs fixed. I have to remill the entire thing, but I also need to get this other part to finish. Well, there's downtime at finish. So you can go put your first coat of finish on and then go back to the table leg and you know things aren't gonna pile up on the back end where you're trying to finish two or three projects at once. So having physical, you know, a board or a peg board for, for <clears throat> clipboards or some type of like magnet board where you have, you know, just line items and where projects are going, something like that, some type of system that works for you can be hugely vital to becoming much more efficient and more organized in the shop. 
and I've used uh, I've used two or three of those. I've used the uh, clipboard like kind of um, workflow as well as using a board where I was taking uh, physical parts of a process and moving them into categories, which also worked really well for me as well. So you're definitely going to want to take the time right now at this time of year to get that kind of process uh, working for you. Because it's the best time to one, a lot of us are slow right now because we got so backed up at the holidays and two, uh, it's the beginning of the year. Let's start fresh and let's start fresh the right way. Right. Yeah. I tell you what, dude, I'm, I'm like over here having flashbacks. So uh, many of you may not know uh, when I was a young buck uh, straight out of college, I worked for GE aircraft engines and I was in manufacturing. And any manufacturing, you know, full scale, something like that, GE, they're making like literally tens of millions of dollar, uh, like singular engines. Uh, when you do that, you have a very tight production process. And I was actually a shop foreman up in Vermont. And uh, I, I actually, yeah, I, I was, I was like, you know, whatever I was, 20, 22, 23. And uh, working in a facility like that, it like, there's the whole lean manufacturing process. So if you really want to understand and and really get into like, how do I get most efficient in my business? Like going and reading some lean manufacturing, and I'm sure there's lean manufacturing for production, you know, for shop production, for woodworking. Like I'm sure that book exists. If it doesn't, like that needs to exist because um, there's some really great principles, um, you know, about Kanbaning and about moving there and visual cues and all those things that can really help you. But, you know, back when I was there and I was up in Vermont, we were doing uh, turbine airfoils and, and compressors and all this cool stuff. And, uh, you know, we would go and you could go in and look at any station at any segment of the business and see what parts were due because they had everything was visual. They had boards. And like you said, John, there's categories. So you knew what stage it is. You knew how long each stage took. Now there it's very easy because it's the same product. You know, you're you're spitting out widgets and it's the same thing every time. A little bit different, you know, when you're talking about a table versus a sign versus trim work. But like you said, there's always that uh, same aspect of setup, you know, material collection, processing, finish, uh, and delivery. So when you look at that, I, I really love that idea because I can visualize it, you know, and I've not done the custom stuff, but I can uh, definitely see the carryover, obviously, in the lean manufacturing processes. So um, I'll, I'll have to go around. One of my one of my best buddies, uh, shout out to my homie Rajiv, uh, is in lean manufacturing still today. So I will get the best book recommendation and I will put that in the show notes for you guys to read on something on lean manufacturing because uh, man, you can get super hyper efficient in your shop if you really use some some simple tools. But um, hitting back to the digital side too, I do want to hit on a little bit of the organization digitally, not just of all the products, but of all the files. So like you said, John, converting uh, soft to hard as, oh, wow, that probably could be taken out of context there, but uh, <laughs> converting digital files into, into actual paper and physical goods. Uh, what we do on the digital side a lot of times is like you just drop all these folders, right? And you're making all these quotes and you're doing all these things and you, and you have pictures coming in from clients. You have, uh, you know, Pinterest pins that you're saving the digital cut. Like, and what happens is that your folders on your computer get just a disaster. And then like, you're looking for something that you did six months ago and you can't find it. Cause you're like, well, did I save that under Betty Jones or did I save that under Walnut dining table? Was that ver? You know, it's like, like having file naming structures in your 
and your computer is really an important thing. And, it, and there's this one simple thing that I want to share with you guys that really changed the game for me. And that is just a file naming convention. And basically, like almost every file on my computer uh, and folder starts with uh, this nomenclature. And that is the year, the month, and then the date. And so if I made a file today, I would call it 2019-01-15 space. And then I'd call it, you know, base cabinet drawing SketchUp, you know, version one or whatever. And and I know it, it might seem nerdy and it might seem overkill, but what that does is that now you don't have to rely on sorting by creation date or last edited or, you know, those little tricks you do to try to find it is that if you know in general when you did it, that all those files are there grouped together. And uh, so I do that. So for all of my, all of my, again, like when you're looking at your folders, it always wants to categorize them alphabetically. So what you're doing by doing this is you're sorting them chronologically just by the naming convention. And you obviously need to do it at the beginning, not the end, so that it will do that. Uh, That is just like one little hack that I've done that, man, it just makes finding files so easy. I mean, I've done over... I've, I've done over like 80 projects, probably close to 100 projects on either my website uh, or YouTube channel. And, you know, I'll go back to look for them. And I have a lot of them now, you know, that are named like similar, like <laughs> you, you'd be surprised, probably not so, but how many start with DIY? So if I had them all named you know, like DIY base cabinet, DIY, DIY side table, DIY, whatever, uh, I know like, oh yeah, okay, I made that in spring of 2017. And it's super easy to find. And uh, it just, you know, for contracts as well is a really easy way to keep track of your files. It's something I do that I, I've been doing now for, for I don't know, probably five or six years at least, um, really diligently. And it really helps organize your folders nicely. Yeah, that's something I definitely don't do. And I actually just jotted a note down as you said that to get started doing it, because that's brilliant. I was looking for I was looking for some files the other day and I'm like, I'm terrible. I name things like very similar to each other. I'll be like. Oh yeah. Live, yeah. live edge river table, <laughs> live edge waterfall table, live edge coffee right. table round. Live and I'm like, I was looking for something the other day. I was like, I have 98 files in yeah, folders. And they're all File jumbled folders. together. Yes. So that's a exactly. Good, that's a good tip right there. Um, you know, getting organized is something that it seems like it seems so minimal sometimes. You know, like like with a little tip like that, you're like, I don't need that. I'm brilliant. I'm in my own head. Like I, I know all my own thoughts. And then you're four years into something and you're looking right. for a contract. That's when it just, gets you. Yeah. Right. I just had a, it's like two call. years down the road. It's three years down the road. And you're like, uh, what did I call that thing? Yeah. I just had an old client call. This is a good example. Literally before we hopped on this call and, uh, they're moving their office and I did a massive sign for them in their old office that they can't transfer. And in my head, I'm like, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Like as I'm on the phone with them and then I was like, Oh dang. It like popped up, searched my computer. I have no clue where their files and folders are because of my titling system. And now I don't know if it's on an external hard drive, if it's on my desktop, my laptop, my iPad, my old, my other laptop, they're like, where is it? Um, so little things like that, making those moves now can pay off down the line, especially in the custom furniture game. If you are doing custom work for anyone, getting organized from the get-go will definitely help you long-term. Think about how many drawings and projects you have from the past 
that you would love to reference that you're not going to find because you titled them, you know, like Wednesday afternoon dilly dally coffee table with some <laughs> blah blah. And you're like, oh, that's perfect. I'll never forget that. And then you right. immediately do it. So, like, I run into that all the time. That's an awesome tip, and I can't wait to apply it uh, into my own business. Um, so, well, you know, it, on the back, it just I want to hit that real quick because it's funny. Uh, just he says you've never worked in corporate America, John. I'll I'll share some little funsies from the Steelers have an office. It is very I, yes, corporate. that is true. Yeah, the <laughs> NFL is a corporate organization. I didn't work That's, in there either, though. I was in the, <laughs> in the ditch in the in the locker room. But the uh, but the, a big thing is is always in corporate America, right? Like when you're doing uh, powerpoints or pitches or decks or whatever your business calls them, is that uh, is that there's always revisions. And there are revisions on revisions on revisions on revisions. And so the back end of that is like you'll get the you'll get the actual presentation that's like for the big pitch out to the you know vice president of manufacturing that you've been working on for a month. And like the file name will be like will be like, you know, uh, new plant organization restructuring uh, revision two final final three real fine like so all these yes. things on the on the back end too so that would be just that quick tip is that uh don't ever call anything final like just keep calling and as so i'll do that as well at the end is i'll just i'll have the whole thing you know whatever diy side table drawing uh v1 and then when i change it i just change it to v2 and then like if there's meaningful changes that i want another set point uh, I will change it to V3. This happens actually in my plans a lot. So uh, I am extremely thankful for all those folks who uh, give me advice on uh, how my, not advice, but tell me how the plans are, are incorrect uh, because uh, sometimes I put them out and they're great. And I, don't, I have some like V1s and V2s, but I think on my, like on the flip top cart and plus because that's been out for like almost three years now, I think it's like V8 now. It's like <laughs> version eight because, you know, somebody will be like, oh, hey, you you uh, you know, you missed like this says a it should say B and this was 12 inches. Really, it should be 12 and a half. And so it's like all these different people over the years have emailed me. And so every time I update it, so instead of saying final, you know, I just say V1, V2. And then every time like I republish that out to uh, my site. So then I know like, OK, this is whatever. So if you ever download a plan for me, you could you could see uh, how far along that track I am because it'll say on there. Like I even do it straight on the plan, like version version three dot PDF. Uh, so I think that's also a great way is just to if you need version control, because that's the other thing I'll do. I don't know if you do that as well, John, but I'll go back and I like I'll make changes in the SketchUp file. And then uh, sometimes I'll name them uh, like what I typically do is I leave that front end. So I leave the date as kind of the creation date. And then I changed the versioning in the V1, V2, V3, because well, I used to do the same thing. Like I changed the dates and then I've got, uh, you know, dates in the front that are different of the file naming convention. And then like, so I'm like, okay, is January 1st version six newer or older than January 15th version one? Like how, because <laughs> I'll go back. So it's just a, you know, just file con naming convention and and just picking whatever that is for you but just picking something and staying with it is going to make your life a whole lot easier because oh, yeah. if you're anything like john and i you've got files all over the place you don't know which one's which and uh i mean we're that so long just one this. way to make it easier. you're on your third or fourth computer now too right oh yeah so yeah. like <laughs> you'll run i'm telling you guys like you don't think of this stuff at the beginning when you start your business i was on a i was on a 2011 macbook pro when i got started 
And now I'm on a 2018, my third MacBook. I got an iMac. I mean, you got all these computers. I got 12 external hard drive, like all kinds of stuff, especially making content. So that's an awesome tip uh, specifically for this time of year. So like if you haven't been doing it in the past, you know, just jot a note to yourself like, hey, you know, I was uh, no good <laughs> until 2019 <laughs> and then fix it moving forward. There's and no need. Start. Don't go yeah. back and, and and try to fix that unless it was recently um, I would just suggest moving forward because um, this time of year is like this. This stuff is pertinent and it's perfect time to do it. Um, and there's a lot of things that happen to be pertinent this time of year. Um, another one being like specifically, um, I had to submit my uh, 1099s to my accountant today in order for them to be sent out next week. Now, the state of Pennsylvania is probably different or possibly different. I don't know if that's uh, a federal thing, but um uh, it is a federal thing now. I think they even pulled the date up recently. Yeah. So with yeah. that, you know, right now is a perfect time to get your online bookkeeping uh, rocking and rolling for you as well. Uh, you know, Brad and I both, uh, Brad recently adopting QuickBooks. Uh, what is it? I use QuickBooks online. Um, and I MFP, use QuickBooks self-employed. Self-employed. Yeah, I use QuickBooks. Self-employed. Um, I use QuickBooks online for made for profit as well. And now neither one of us are accountants, and but we both, you know, have business degrees. Brad with having a master's as well. We had to take courses on basic accounting, so I, I have a general understanding. And essentially, all you're looking to do with an accounting software, in my experience, is track your expenses, invoice your clients. And then be able to per put, uh, excuse me, produce reports, uh, mostly a PL. A PL is the lifeline of your business. You know, cash flow is the Profit lifeline. Profit and loss. Yeah. The la yes, thank you, Brad. Uh, the lifeline of your business is cash flow. And the profit and loss statement is where you can track that cash flow. You can see incoming and outgoing. You can see how much you're spending in overhead. You can see how much you're paying subcontractors. And if you get organized in that sense from the get-go and don't just throw a shoddy system for bookkeeping together, it really does pay off in the end. Um, you know, I had to take an extra three or four hours yesterday because <clears throat> I was getting my 1099s together and my bookkeeping system isn't perfect because I started it five years ago <laughs> with, <laughs> with, you know, just like, I didn't know how to use the software, but I knew where things kind of needed to be. And I have categories that make absolutely zero sense to me now, but you know, the software itself is extremely intuitive and you're able to adapt and move and kind of change it to your own needs. If you're someone doing custom work and you want a more in-depth kind of software, but uh, what's fantastic is QuickBooks is now offering um, multiple you know, management systems for your bookkeeping and that being the self-employed, which is what Brad's using, which is mega simple. I'm talking like, Oh my gosh. As basic like as I you would can get. And, and we really need to bring QuickBooks on as a sponsor because they are fantastic and we live and die by them. And, uh, and it's, it's just, you know, what we picked. And, uh, I used to, and I've, I've talked about it in the show before I used to track everything in Excel, which does work. Uh, so one quick little tip again, it, it, coming tax time is that uh, so 1099s, that's only if you have if you're contracting work out. And John and I just went through this um, because we actually uh, 1099 some folks for for MFP as well. Uh, if you pay somebody more or six hundred dollars or more a year, uh, then you're obligated to send them a 1099 as a as a subcontractor. So. Uh, you look at that, not if you're purchasing services from somebody necessarily, that, and I don't know those exact rules, but you know if you have somebody that you're contracting services from, 
Uh, and for us, you know, that would be editing. So we send a 1099. Uh, we have some social media services that didn't quite reach uh, that threshold, so we didn't send one. Uh, but anyway, what you want to be able to do is not only for those employees, or excuse me, not employees, subcontractors, uh, because employees is a whole different thing, uh, which you would send a W-2. But if you're doing those things, then you need to have a way to track that. And most importantly is tracking and, and categorizing from the tax categories. So there are certain tax categories like advertising, materials and supplies, other business expenses, travel, meals, entertainment, you know, there's all these things that if you just literally go and look um, at a, at a, uh, what is that? A 1098, I guess, what are the tax filing, or if you, if you've ever used tax cut or H and R blocks uh, product, if you ever look at those, like that's how they have you enter it in for your business on your schedule C. And, um, so what you want to do is to make it super easy to enter that stuff at the end of the year is you want to be tracking it that way through the year. So anytime I go to Home Depot, I want to make sure that it's categorized as materials and supplies. And QuickBooks Self-Employed makes that super easy because it you link it to your bank accounts. And uh, QuickBooks Online is a whole, it's it's basically like a like a T-journal, right, John? Like, I mean, it's it's the full accounting. Like it wants you to, to be like basically a net zero. So you have to transfer it between liabilities and assets and and all that good stuff. But for QuickBooks Self-Employed, it is dead simple. You just say, yep, Home Depot for $39.82. That was materials and supplies. And like, you're done. Yep, there's a charge from YouTube for YouTube Premium. Uh, and that's a business expense. And I put that under like subscriptions, uh, whatever that category is. Mm-hmm. And they they have them there for you. You don't have to enter it in. You just pick the appropriate one. Um QuickBooks Self-Employed is a little more limited in the sense that it is harder to run custom reports if you wanted to do that. Uh, but it, it is very, very simple. And it's I think it's only like 10 bucks a month, 15 at max. And for that, you know, it's it's worth it to me. Uh, and QuickBooks Self-Employed also does track mileage. So again, if you're not using that, make sure you're tracking your mileage. If you're going to be writing that off, that you have uh, not only just to have the backup, but have a way, whether that is an app on your phone uh, or it's a notepad in your truck or your car that you write down every time you go somewhere. Uh, actually, I honestly, I, I kind of cheat it. And what I do at the end of the year is like I look at all my business expenses and I go Home Depot. OK, I made a trip to Home Depot that day <laughs> and I kind of back to it because I know I, I use it based on the expense. But by doing that, I know I'm leaving stuff on the table where I went for some reason for business and didn't buy anything, or there's no record of me being there. Like maybe I was going to check something out, right? Maybe I went to a lumber yard and they didn't have what I needed. Well, I didn't capture that mileage because there's no receipt to, to kind of gear me up for that. Uh, so that's another way, you know, just make sure you have a great way to capture all those tax, uh, all those tax write-offs and deductions, um, as well as the expenses and categorization, because it'll just make your life a whole lot easier. And we're all about to go through that, you know, right now. Yeah, and, and that's just something that you don't want to catch up to you at the end of the year. Um, it's it's important to take care of it, and taking care of it now, you know, your accountant will thank you, your life will thank you, your pocketbook will thank you. Um, I'm kind of actually lazy with my bookkeeping, and it always kicks me in the butt come the end of the year, in the beginning of the year. So take the time to get that into your um, <clears throat> in your workflow now. Create a system, and it's not that difficult, and it's actually I, I it's super fulfilling to take a monthly like chunk of time to go over your books, to look at, 
you know, how much money you made, where it came from, you know, uh, how much money you have coming in and be able to literally know, you know, how many outstanding invoices you have, how many uh, incoming uh, you know, client jobs you have and, and know that in your next month, like, okay, I got $2,000 extra coming in. Um, I can buy, you know, an extra $500 in you know, whatever material you may use frequently kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and all that stuff goes into your personal workflow. So our suggestion is to be get that locked in right now and get that locked in for the life of your business. And, and you're going to definitely see the benefit of it, um, you know, kind of going back and touching a bit on cutting out a chunk of time in order to manage your books is uh, the whole concept of the weekly planning, right? I talk about this all yeah. the time, but I really want to harp on it for a couple minutes right now, just solely because it is the perfect time of year to set a new schedule for the workflow in your shop as well as in your office. Um, you know, I'm a uh, massive advocate for the weekly quote unquote shop meeting or team meeting kind of thing. Um, I used to call it a scheduling meeting. And this is even something you can use if you're a one person shop or one person operation. You want to put a reminder on your calendar that you need to sit down with yourself every week and go over what's going on. If you start to do this, what you're going to fall in the habit of doing is something on Friday that could possibly back up all the way to Monday doesn't need to be addressed on Friday anymore. And that weight becomes something that falls off of you. What you do is work through the problem at the moment instead of concerning yourself with next week's timeline and then fix the timeline on Monday in that designated meeting in which you fix the timeline. So for me, I have a, a scheduling meeting every single Monday. Sam and I sit down and we vibe over, you know, what's going on in the shop, what we need to get done, when it needs to get done, if I'm traveling, if he's traveling, if, you know, Brad and I are on a 96 hour straight podcast recording session, <laughs> like whatever's going on. <clears throat> we get that hashed out early um, in the week. And that way it's now you become accountable to whatever you said in the Monday um, meeting and whatever you write down and goes onto your schedule one and two, you're able to hash out issues before they come. You know, if you uh, if you get a call, uh, excuse me, if you have to order something and you know that it's not going to be until later in the week, you're not going to start the project on Tuesday like you thought you would because that stuff's going to be done on Thursday. Then you can flip your schedule because your schedule is actually firm and it's not just something in your head. Getting those things off your plate, taking a 15 to 30 minute meeting, it does wonders for organization in your business. And it's going to be my number two suggestion besides getting organized in the office for 2019 to get your business on track and to, to literally take it to that next stage um, if that's what you're looking to do. Yeah. Susan and I have just started doing this. So, you know, we're, we're working through and, and my wife, Susan now is with the business. And so, um, we like literally just yesterday, she said that we're recording on Tuesday, uh, had our little kind of first meeting and we got our little planners and, and I, you know, we're trying to figure out the best way to, to manage that and still, uh, you know, without going back into it, uh, I have all this digital stuff, but I still like to have paper copies of what I'm doing for the week as well. Uh, and those are more like tactical to do type stuff. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was super helpful uh, just sitting down and thinking about, uh, and even more so, John, like you said, so if we say, oh, okay, like for content creation, we want to publish this on Friday or Saturday, you know, and not sure which one we're going to hit because, oh, by the way, like now we're talking because it's my wife. We're talking like, oh, well, we, we've got a ballet on Thursday and we've got, you know, scouts here and I've got to go pick up. So it's like, you know, being able to incorporate all these things that uh, as a 
business owner and working with my wife, it's a it's a completely different conversation because it's like a it's like a family personal business conversation all into one. Um, but we're you know, it needs to be because if you look at any one of them in isolation, then, uh, you know, you might not be taking into account, you know, things that like uh, for next Monday is Martin Luther King day. And so the kids are going to be off school. So we were kind of looking ahead too, like, okay, well, we have to do this. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to, to meet some friends and do some things on Friday during the day. So it's like, okay, well, we've got to pull this forward and pull that forward. So man, that's been super helpful, uh, to us just this week and looking at it like that. Um, but then of course you have all those other life things that happen, like our refrigerator died. And, uh, so I had to go, you know, figure out how to pick up a new refrigerator from, uh, or not a new one, but we actually picked up a dorm fridge. I feel like I'm back in college, John. I got like the the little dorm fridge sitting in the kitchen under the counter. It's except right now, which it's actually not that much different from college. The only difference is instead of having a six pack of uh, of twenty ounce Mountain Dews, like leaded full Mountain Dews, now it's you know it's <laughs> diet a six pack of yeah twelve ounce diet Mountain Dews. So uh, yeah, that's always used to buy with like my leftover money in college, like on the meal plan. Yeah, if I like ate out and didn't spend the meal plan, I'd literally go to the shop and be like, "How many Mountain Dews can I get for this?" They'd be like, uh, "Like five. I'd be like, "Sweet, let's do it." <laughs> You, yeah, you do love your dues, man. You do love your I dues. I do. I do. <laughs> I would always, I would take my meal blocks and just go get as absolutely massive amount of food as I possibly could because they would feed. Oh, yeah. So we had a training table, so I would eat at the facility oh, twice a day. Yeah, so yeah, my meal yeah. plan would just stack up. So at the end of the semester, I would just go to like, they had Burger King. And I remember pushing 300 pounds back when that wasn't something I wanted to do uh, very, very quickly. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was not not the healthiest of times for me, but on a, on a lighter note, I've lost 13 pounds this year already. Looking trim, bro. Yeah. No, Looking th- trim. Thanks dude. Thanks dude. So, I mean, with all of that, with this new fresh beginning in 2019, segueing out of our random talk, um, we do truly believe that this is a great time of year to get on track, to get things rocking and rolling in the right order. Um, there's a lot of good tips there for, for any small business. We believe, you know, we are both been doing this in multiple facets for, a decent amount of time now. And with that comes a lot of experience, Um, you know, and mine being in furniture production and, you know, now content production and Brad's being in blogging, converting to full content production and video and uh, in the blog, you know, you, you get to pick up a lot of these little tips and those are things, a lot of things in this episode that helped us both. Um, And I really hope you, you all enjoyed it. Um, you know, as, as we continue to try and dominate 2019, both of us are getting way more organized and it's something we're both really looking forward to. Um, if you guys have any more show topics pertaining to something like organization, please let us know, you know, we're always trying to make sure we're feeding into the necessity type topics as they pop up. Um, and we've got a lot of our, you know, quarterly type shows and stuff, but we love doing topics like this because they are legit nitty and gritty experience based episodes that that brad and i um both have been through so uh shoot us over a message on uh via email or in the facebook group or over on instagram at made for profit if you want a specific episode topic to be covered um and if you aren't following us over on instagram make sure you join in over there uh we got a lot of going on on the instagram page a lot revving up here in 2019 as well and you really get to be involved with that made for profit tribe that we both love so much Absolutely. And uh, you know, one th- we have not done this in a long, long time, but if you're listening to us and you, if you enjoy the show, uh, go ahead and head over to iTunes and uh, hit us with a sweet little five-star review because 
I don't know. I think that's like still a thing. So yeah, go check that out. Haven't said that in like a year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Hope your 2019 is shaping up good and that uh, hopefully this has given you at least one little tidbit to make it even better and more organized. We will hit you guys next week. John, let's go crush the after show. Let's do it, brother.